0: And when I saw someone, I think it was someone tweeted about you or whatever I saw it, I was like, bingo, like this is what we need. Because even for those properties in particular, they're in Florida and we have a neighbor who just complains about like anything that they can like possibly complain about. We have directions to our guests. The trash day is two days a week there to take the trash, make sure that, you know, the lid's on, bring it out to the curb, take it back. You know, you think that they would do that and you think that that was an easy, easy process and that automated messages could solve that issue, but it's just not the reality. Maybe, I don't know, I would say like maybe half to like 60% of guests can actually follow the written directions about Trash Day. Welcome to the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. Knowledge, experiences, and actionable takeaways from those who are killing it with short term rentals. Here's your host, Jeremy Warden. We are live with the Short term Rental Pros podcast. Today, we are here with one of my, honestly, maybe my favorite service provider in the short term rental space. Alex is solving a need that I didn't even know I was going to have when I got into short term rentals, but very quickly it became very, very, very evident. So, Alex, man, thank you so much for coming today, and you know, tell us about yourself. How'd you get into short-term rentals, and what does Can Monkey do?
1: Jeremy, thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is awesome. Thank you for the introduction, and I mean, it surprised me too what I do uh, every day, taking cans to the curb and back. You know, I pinch myself that uh, this turned into a, a job, let alone a career, let alone a business that um, I get to work with some of my best friends and provide a service across the country of uh, an issue that everyone needs. And so um, my background is in real estate, working with title and escrow with real estate, like companies and, and individuals. It wasn't until 2018 when my business partner came to me with the Monkey idea, helping homeowners with their candy curb that I saw from my background, a need in the Airbnb short term rental industry and started really going after that industry, that niche End of 2018 all of 2019. And in 2020, the pandemic happened. Um, uh, as everyone knows, and, and for us, our business kind of propelled forward. And I took that as a sign that I'm going to go all in, uh, on camp monkey during that pandemic, no one really knew what the world's going to happen, but we did know in that, you know, April, May, June, that people were staying in short-term rentals and that was picking up. So. Some of the, the, the worst crazy times actually was kind of a blessing for us in, in this business and really helped us see the, the need and, and focus in growing it. And so now where we're at is in 18 states, 85 cities, helping hosts and owners with the weekly tedious task of taking the trash recycling cans to the curb and back again once emptied.
0: I love that. So just to, for those of you who aren't familiar with your service, uh, and correct me if I am wrong, but what you do is you are not a trash service in the essence where you pick up the trash and take it to the dump. You are a service in the sense where you get the trash cans from the property to the curb. So the city or whatever the service provider, the, the actual trash company will come and get them. Is that that correct?
1: That is correct. Our bread and butter, what we have coined and what they created a category for us. Is the can to curb category the so Uber,
0: the Uber for can to curb
1: Uber trash? We are uh, we automate trash day, trash day. You know we're usually the youngest person in the family is dealt with that responsibility of taking the cans to the curb. You know that's what we've automated. Uh, we are not a junk removal company. We're not a uh, waste management company. We are the gap, we are the, the in-between of getting your properties cans from the side of the yard or in the garage, wherever they're stored, to the curb on the designated day that the city needs to come and pick it up and remove it. And then once the city empties those cans out, we come and return them back to the original location. We take photos, they're time stamped, we have geolocation from the application, that from the apps that our, our can runners are using. So you see the last location, where uh, the can was at, um. So kind of what we were talking about before this conversation, we have some like rural houses. So it shows our, our clients where exactly on the, the property, where the can was located, um, making sure it's right where, where we need to know. We're really good instruction takers. So as long as our clients tell us where the cans are at and how to get there, we follow those rules and and do what we need to do.
0: So and, and I, what I want to get into is why is this important? You know, why is not having excess trash or, or having the guests to have to take the trash to the curb important. And, and I'm gonna speak from my personal experiences. Uh, and I'm gonna talk about the properties that you do service. So I've got 25 listings, North Carolina, Florida, uh, Smoky Mountains, you service the properties in Florida. Unfortunately, I was trying to get Alex earlier before uh, we started going live here. I'm trying to convince him to come to my other locations But he does service the ones in Florida. And when I saw someone, I think it was someone tweeted about you or whatever I saw it, I was like, bingo. Like, let's. this is what we need. Because even for those properties in particular, they're in Florida. And we have a neighbor who just complains about like anything that they can like possibly complain about. We have directions to our guests. The trash day is two days a week there to take the trash, make sure that, you know, the lid's on, bring it out to the curb, take it back. Like that's, You know, you would think that they would do that and you think that that was an easy, easy process and that automated messages could solve that issue. But it's just not the reality. Maybe, I don't know, I would say like maybe half to like 60% of guests can actually follow, you know, the written directions about trash day. So our neighbors complained about anything that they could complain about with our property. And one of those things, and we have two houses and it was just one of the houses, frankly, where we were getting complaints was the whole trash situation and they every time there was like an issue with trash where you know our cans were messed up maybe at the curb that the wrong things were in the wrong trash can or maybe it wasn't put back in the right place cuz it technically needs to be like hidden from the street so if it wasn't hidden they would complain about that anytime and and the city would come by after they probably called them a thousand times and would you know give us a pink sheet for our trash like non-compliance issue so that being said, you solve that. <laughs> uh, I think since we found your service, pay you the 50 bucks a month. Have not had to deal with that particular headache. Uh, I don't even, frankly, I don't, I haven't even looked at the app, honestly. But uh, <laughs> good to know that I could actually check if I needed to. But yeah, have not, we've been in compliance, uh, at least yeah. for trash. We don't have to get into other things later. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> So thank you. Thank you for relieving a stress there. And yeah, and I want you to help relieve that stress in, in other places as well. So for any of you guys listening uh, with properties where I have properties, let's uh let's all make sure to to hound hound Alex later and, and tell him to to get his get his runners running up to our, our uh our cans. So thank you, Alex. So it's a long-winded way to say thank you. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you, man. It wouldn't be possible without, you know, support like, you know, from our clients like yourself. And, and what we found is exactly what you said. So it's, it's dead on. I mean, everyone has a system or solution and what we found it's 50 to 75% at best. If it's your cleaners, if it's your guests, if it's your maintenance guy, one way or another you can get the can to the curb then who's going back the next day but then now say you have trash twice a week and recycling we could be at your property sometimes four days a week that's 16 times a month they have to schedule and or you know coordinate with someone on your team or a cleaner or a guest if they're on there on the right day to make sure to get the can back and forth and you're really just crossing fingers and really it's like no news is good news you're just hoping you don't get a call from the client or the guest or the neighbor or whatever it is that there's an issue and what we're finding out now, is, and you made up another, made another good point, is that these neighbors next to these Airbnbs, they're not happy that they're next to an Airbnb, right? They're not happy that there's- Hey, uh, some, some actually
0: are happy. I think I think that's a, a mischaracterization that all neighbors aren't happy. We have neighbors who actually kind of like it. Like they're- the um, Honestly, I'd say we have as many who uniquely like it as those who uniquely don't like
1: it. I would agree with you. You know, for the most part, I would have said, maybe I'm being a little bit more generalized. I wouldn't say everyone, we do find that there are more vocal people who don't like the Airbnb next door. They're more animated. Um, They're the ones yelling. More animated, right? You know, is it everyone? I'm sure not. I mean, I've seen some really nice Airbnbs that look beautiful, and I would love for that you know place to be next to my you know house. Oh, that's your neighbor's house. Looks great. Yeah, like so. Sometimes, for the most part, these Airbnbs look great from the curb you know curbside. So, like, if, why wouldn't you want that in your neighborhood? But back, you know, say we're talking about these you know, neighbors that are mad. What we found is that the number one thing that they can complain about. Is the trash cans, right? It's right there at the curb. They know that there's rules or regulations in place. So what we did. And I, we I think that's get,
0: the key point that there are rules and regulations about trash. And like that yes. is like a citywide thing in almost every place where y- you do get fined if you're not like following trash ordinances.
1: And that's and that was something that we didn't know starting Cam Monkey. It wasn't we didn't get into Cam Monkey to say, no, what we're gonna go out there and save the vacation rental industry from trash ordinances and Rules and different fines from their HOA. Like that wasn't a thought process. It was after us doing this, we realized that this is what was happening, that this is where else we can help our clients with staying in compliance with the regulations, staying in compliance with different rules that are going on in their city. And, and for the most part, some of these issues are regarding trash. Uh, and so that's where we come in play. And so now we've gotten about two dozen of our clients out of erroneous uh, fines where they got a fine because the can was at the curb when it shouldn't have been or wherever it was. Cause the neighbor called, uh, and what we were able to do was go onto their client dashboard, take the photo timestamp of when we were there and say, Hey, actually here's your can at the curb or here's your can back at a certain time. Uh, it doesn't look like, you know, you were breaking any rules. See if you can send this to your HOA and get out of that. And as of right now, knock on wood, we've been able to reverse all those charges cause we have those uh, photos. It comes down to like a civil suit. So if your, cl- your neighbors call and complaining and you have a little bit more evidence, um, you're able to show it and get out of that, you know, charge. So it's something that now um, it wasn't built for that, but we have this application in the background that we built for ourselves, make sure our camera runners are doing a good job. We have all this data on our end and we're like, Hey, why can't we share this with our clients? And so now we open it up to where there's a client dashboard for our clients to where now you can log in and see all the data uh, saved um, for if you ever do need it. And hopefully you never do need it. Um, you never have to look at it. Uh, but maybe those one time that you have to get a call or you get a call and you want to look into it, it's there now.
0: Yeah. And I, and I, and I, and I think, you know, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I haven't had that specific situation happen yet just cause we haven't, you know, had, had issues, frankly, or Christmas got a lot, like, Christmas everywhere, no matter what. I don't, there's just like, way too much trash and you know, you, there's only physically so many cans. So yeah, I guess I'm curious. This is more of a personal question. Like, what do you tell your guys to do if there's like so much trash next to the trash?
1: absolutely yeah we uh, we take photos of every single service stop so when we're at a property and say we're taking the cans to the curb and there's trash on the ground we take a photo says it's called excess trash you get real-time notifications and a real-time notification whether it's an sms or an email uh, whatever you signed up with your account will go to you from the can owner saying can at the curb excess trash Um, and now we're even implementing it to now to where we're going to send you almost like um like a a questionnaire almost like one for us to remove for you Two, you got it so now it's almost we're getting confirmation from our clients that you acknowledge that you've seen the excess trash so we have been sending the excess trash notes and real-time notifications to some of the emails and sometimes they don't check their emails to the next day so now we're going what, what happens if there's
0: excess trash do you is it like hey we'll deal with it for x amount of money or is it you should probably call somebody, I guess, what's the solution to the, or it's like, yep. sometimes it's like the wrong people put the wrong things in the wrong cans, yep. I'm sure that's, I mean, you probably know better than me. So That's something that's happens. Like how yeah. do the, these situations get remedied?
1: Yeah, so we are a can to curb service, but we're also the case rental trash solutions. We are a plural, right? So we, as much as our bread and butter is the can to curb, we also have a on-demand trash removal service that we offer to our clients if they need excess trash removal. Um, especially right now with the holidays, there's an example I just, I have right now where, uh, we got a call from a client recently that said, Hey, you guys missed trash day this week. We go into their account. We saw we brought the cans back on Tuesday, emptied. They're calling now on Thursday. The cans are full. We said, Hey, did your guests leave yesterday or today? Or you're like, Oh yeah, they left yesterday. The cleaners just came today and they're saying the cans are full. We're like, Oh, well they're full because they just cleaned and they must be from the guests that just left. Like, oh, what do we do? We have new guests coming in and we just missed trash day. Uh, We said, hey, we can send our on-demand trash removal team out there to remove all the trash for you at an extra charge. So we scheduled for them. And now our clients don't have to worry about anything. So what we think about is being a stakeholder in our client's business. And and all we want to do is handle the trash. We want to give you solutions. There's times we'll say, hey, we can remove this for you at this cost. And you might say, you know what? Uh, I got my maintenance guy stopping by that property. And he's just going to remove it for free. You know, don't worry about it. Or know what? hey, thank you, I'm like an hour away from that property, yeah, can you help me with that? I really appreciate it. Uh, so we give our clients the option. Um, if there is excess trash on the ground, we let them know. Sometimes they say, just put the trash back in the bags or back in the cans um, and we'll deal with it later. Some say, just remove that You know, when you can, as soon as possible. Uh, like I said, we're really good instruction takers. So our job is to let you guys know or let our clients know if we see anything on the side of the house or in regards to the trash and recycling cans. And then you guys let us know how you guys would like us to dispose of that. If you guys want us to dispose of it, if you guys are gonna handle it. Um, some people are very PL conscious and some people are just, you know, they'll tell us after every departure to remove all the trash, you know? So we'd really just kind of figure out what our clients want and then move accordingly. Guys, you are in for
0: you. Know, who thought that today we'd be talking about trash, you know, <laughs> but guys, I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that's a figuring out all the logistics that go into one of these operations is crucial, whether it be guest communication, whether it be having your vendors, your pool guy, your landscapers all set up and automated. So it's not a guessing game which day pool day is or which day the lawn going to get mowed. And you know the guest is going to be completely caught off guard when your landscapers come at 6 p.m. on a Friday night. So you got to have your ducks in the row. And to be completely frank, I will honestly say that that biggest or most annoying duck for us is the trash. Uh, That is the one thing. I mean, so we have properties in places uh, where Alex is not. Uh, Western North Carolina, for example, there is not even a, you know, Alex takes the can to the curb. There is no curb there. Uh, The curb is, would be, you know, get flushed out by any rainstorm coming in because it's a mountain. Uh, It's the side of a cliff pretty much. So we have a service who comes up and they'll drive their truck up the road. They'll pick up like two cans and throw it in their truck. But they don't, you know, if there's more than two, there's 20 cans there not, or, or 20 bags, like extra bags. They're not telling us that. Uh, our cleaners have to be the ones who tell us that. But what if our cleaners aren't there? Then the guests have to be the one to tell us that. So, I mean, for those properties, we've, we've installed cameras. We have literally installed cameras directly to face the trash because of how big of a pain in the butt that is. So that being said, where are you, Alex? Like where where, where are you located? What, what cities, what states?
1: We're in 18 states, 85 cities uh, currently, and we are growing. And we try to stay in urban areas, areas that we're able to get a route going uh, with 15, 20 properties. Uh, there are markets that we're in that are not very urban. I mean, we're in some like Park City, Sedona, we're not in Smoky Mountains yet, but we have some interest in some of these areas that are not so much. And so we so do You're telling to...
0: me if I can get, not to cut you off, but if I can yeah. get how many properties in one of the cities I'm in to get on board, will you will you come out to me?
1: We need anywhere from 15 to 25 properties, depending on how close they are in a about 10 to 15 mile radius. But if you're able, and it doesn't have to be all from you, um, we've gotten to markets where we met with a property management company that has 10 and then you, a uh, another company that had 15 and we got there together and that's 25. And we were able to start with those together. Cause um, I've, yeah. I've
0: got one location. So the lake that I'm at, yep. I just don't think logistically cause there isn't a service to come to the road to get it. <laughs> yep. So that wouldn't really work out there, but I am in a more urban environment in North Carolina where mm-hmm. either myself or my mentees in that city, we have, um, I think, like eight, eight or nine properties. Mm-hmm. So we're, I think, we would get you almost most of the way there.
1: Yeah, a thousand percent. And this is we're also, like I said, we're vacation rental trash solutions. So there's some markets where, like you said, that are a little bit different. They don't have trash to curb, but we'll just uh, partner with a local vendor who mm-hmm. will go and remove all the trash at your properties. And what we do is we take all the volume and all of our markets negotiate some kind of price where I don't wanna lose money on any deal, but now if I know I can get in with eight properties from Jeremy and his crew, I know that I have some other people in that area, I can get another 10, 15 properties in three months, I can have 25 properties. And now if I'm doing this to you, I can, so we have our own algorithm yeah. back end that we can run numbers on that. I'm never looking at just from your portfolio, but I'm looking at from who else I know in the market. So that's the thing that like, there's some markets where I'm not in yet right now, but I could be in because I have four separate you know clients that need us, but at the same time, like it doesn't make sense. But If I got one more person in the middle, I can connect all three. And so it's kind of like a game, but once you get that route going, then I can add on onesie twosies from there
0: and, how, and um, how do you so let's say you have the demand you know yeah. let's call it three different people have 15 properties combined they've all committed to working with you yeah. let's just say it's a service where the city comes and gets it but you've got to bring yeah. it to the curb yeah. how do you i'm curious this is kind of more from like a startup than a than an str app like how do you convince or how do you get people then to to go do that for you to get the trash to the curb
1: That was one of the biggest hurdles we thought that we were gonna uh, go into starting this company. When when you're starting off Cam Monkey and you have 10, 15 properties and you're doing those 10, 15 properties yourself, it's easy to know the job's getting done because like you're doing yourself, right? Sure. I think it's a point that now you gotta do. Did you you start doing that yourself? Were you the day one monkey? Yeah. So actually my business partner was, he was the first, you know, we did the first hundred ourselves, um, between me and him first hundred properties here in Scottsdale.
0: And that would be hundred times 50 bucks a month. So like the first 5,000 in revenue.
1: And I think at the time we were charging $35 a month at the time. So yeah, it, I think we're bringing in like three grand a month. Yeah. For a hundred prop, you know? So it's like in our thought process, it wasn't scaling this across the country. It was like, look, if we can get a thousand properties in Arizona, that'd be awesome. You know, Like that was like, we just got, that was our thought process. And it was like, look, I can have my brother do it. I can have a family member do it. We can just outsource this. So when you start yeah, thinking $35, like- $35,000 a month, have three or four people doing it. Right. Like that's what the thought process was, a very small, like for linear. Small, then small business. Small business. Then you start scaling. Now you go into another market. It's like you go in Park City. We can't pay someone a little bit of money in Park You know, So you start like figuring out what you have to do. But- what we always thought was going to be a hard thing is getting these can runners. But what we found out is as much as I'm talking about the short-term rental industry with you right now, and those are the clients that pay as for our services, my other clients are my can runners. They're my number one client. Without my can runners, I wouldn't be able to do your. So you would be talking about my service really great right now if I didn't have really good can runners, right? So what we found out is that there's this whole other industry called the gig economy. The gig economy, which is Uber oh, Eats, Uber Instacart, all that, that's already there. That's already a a whole industry. I didn't know that. Even a couple of years ago, I didn't know that. I just stumbled into this, right? So I was like, how am I gonna find people who are gonna wanna work one to two, three hours a day, you know, doing an odd job? And it's like the gig economy. I was like, oh wait, what? That's so crazy. Yeah, you're right. People do
0: that. They have another one job and they wanna fill in the gaps over here. Yes.
1: So i'm a big i'm a big believer in like not recreating the wheel you know copy from all steal from none so it's like okay how can i figure out what other companies are doing like to me the thought process of uber is like mind-boggling like how the hell like camel is a little bit more easy right i mean like take the can of the curb like uber as like if they can create uber i can create this. so then you get to a point like okay i gotta find someone in this market that doesn't mind working this many hours doing this job it's the beginning you're just like reaching out to people i was calling people like hey you want to take some trash cans to the curb and i'll pay you twenty dollars an hour they're like okay uh and my thought process okay i'm gonna make you i'm gonna have you try to do at least 10 stops in an hour and then you do 10 stops an hour i'll pay you twenty dollars an hour and now i gotta make that work you know within the money i'm making so that was a thought process like how do i get them to do like 20 stops an hour now i'm paying them a dollar a stop like I was trying to get my routes really tight to where they can do a twenty stop. So that was a thought process in the beginning.
0: It's and really then, the the math and like what is the calculus here, and then you probably learn that yeah, if you have like properties that are so far away, it doesn't really make sense. Make but if you yes. cluster them in like a specific yes. area, then it becomes then, like especially yes. you know lucrative.
1: Yes. And the, and the better the routes are, the closer they are, the better the can runners like them. If you have one property that's like five, eight miles away from all the other ones, the can runners are going to say, screw that property. I'm not going to do it. So you got to pay them a little bit more for that one and off one. So you start learning those little idiosyncrasies. But what we what we have found is that like finding can runners, finding individuals that want to make some extra income is, is not hard. So Especially it's, it's
0: really just paying them, we'll just call it, I don't know, $20 an hour, but also like the
1: minimum, these are yeah. hours that work for them, and this is a, yes, and this is other thing. So, in the gig economy, uh, Uber Eats, Grubhub, um, Instacart, they all kind of have peak hours, right? There's rush hour in the yeah. morning, there's rush hour in the evening. But with Can Monkey, what we do is we fill that dead time in the afternoon. That's what I was yeah.
0: thinking. Yep, yep, exactly. Because, like, you don't have to bring, there's not like the strictest timeline of when you have to bring the can to the curb. I mean, you can bring it at 2 a.m., you know, I mean, you probably don't want to, you know, have. We don't control. like that,
1: but yeah. like yeah, you're right. There's you a certain a time frame. frame where, where,
0: there's nothing like illegal about no, you know, you just need it there by 6 the a.m. and you don't want to have it out two days prior.
1: Yes, there's are some like different like HOA rules and timelines that go in place in some like cities that we have to we have to follow by, but at the same time, you're right, it's it's like a time frame, right? And, I, and we give them the consistency and persistency of the same route. So now I know about giving Jeremy the same route that he's been doing the last three weeks. He, and he's getting really good at it. And, and when you accept the route, it's going to say, Jeremy, this has 18 stops. It should take you an hour and 12 minutes. You're going to drive 3.2 miles and you'll get paid $29.55. Right. Do you agree? And you're going to say, Why yeah, I'll, I'll get paid $30 mm-hmm. You know, for an hour and you know whatever to... So you accept it. So if you do that now and you do it really quickly and you get done within 45 minutes, you're still getting paid for an hour and 10 minutes. Um, you know, incentivize
0: so, to be efficient.
1: Yes. And then it's now
0: capitalism, we, baby, that's capitalism. Yes. we get people to work
1: hard. Is yes. That- <laughs> and then now we give you like extra money. Like, Hey, if you take a photo of any excess trash that you see on the ground, you get an extra dollars. So now I get, I incentivize them to take doll- you know, pictures of trash on the ground that oh, if they, if there is trash on the ground, now I get to the, give that to my client and, and get yeah, money for that. Right. So
0: that's lead generation yes. for the excess trash removal service.
1: Yes, and so now I'm getting extra data from my end and incentivizing them to take photos, but now if a client actually wants to take that photo and do something with it, I'm making more money on the back end, but also I'm doing a job of making sure I'm finding out by by also incentivizing. So they might make, you might say, hey, you're gonna make you know, $28 in an hour and 10 minutes, but they could also leave that route with making an extra $5 because they took some pictures. Then maybe they did an extra stop that was a little bit further away, that was a bonus stop, and made an extra $2 it was their third route of the week. So they make an extra $5. So now they just made $35 in one hour and, you know, and they get paid three days a week. Um, and then they, and so, then
0: they go back, Uber surge timing yeah, hits again, yeah, are a yeah. lot of, would you say
1: a lot of your drivers are also Uber drivers? I would agree. Uh, I would say a lot of them, I don't have the actual data. Um, but I would say a lot of them are coming from that, you know, gig economy and what's cool now is like you know three years ago like now i have an app i have an app that's proprietary to can monkey it's on the apple store it's on google play if you go on your phone right now and type in like you'll see it like you can download it and become a can runner so like three years ago i had like craigslist craigslist ads out there at facebook ads so i'm like calling people hey you want to take trash cans to the curb like what are you talking about what the hell is this shit like no i'm not doing that
0: like i've got an app now and they're like yeah Holy like, crap. No, I'm, being
1: yeah. real. I'm I'm being real. You're gonna pay me $20, no, hang up. And then now they find us from like looking at Uber Eats or Grubhub and then they go on the app and they find us on the app now. So like now we look even more legitimate because now we're on the Apple store. So now it's like, what was hard is a lot easier now. And I think the ratio is like six to one. We get six applications for like every one can runner we actually need. So finding can runners, we have a plus, that's
0: not the it's, pain point
1: no the pain point would be finding the right can runner finding someone yeah. in like finding someone that in that neighborhood that has like five routes that like ends their day and starts their day right there finding someone that is consistent find someone that's persistent find someone that takes good photos so I think mean, find someone that cares a little bit so like but then once you find that I've had some can runners been one of us for like three two years that run the same routes We're all creatures of habit right? And we all want to know what we're going to be making. And and we're going from this world of, I need to make 60 to $75,000 a year to how do I make three to $400 a day? And if Cam Monkey can help you make 75 to $120 a day, and you can also add some other gigs in there to make an extra two, $300, there's your money right there. And we're just a little bit more persistent, consistent, that you just know what you're making with us three days a week. You can fit it, fit it in your schedule, whether whether on your way home, whether on the way to the office, whatever it is. And I think that's what they really like about us.
0: Reliable. You guys are, you, you're trusted. And I think it's funny. So on this podcast, uh, talk about a lot of times, short-term rentals, how to be a short-term rental pro. I am personally interested in startups. Uh, my background, I actually, prior to short-term rentals, came from uh, a startup where, Covid hit, and we were having a little bit of trouble fundraising. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to ever have to like fundraise again. Like I was like, kind of like I want to do a cash flow business that mm-hmm. a like makes it so I just like don't need a job, but also like I know that like it's consistent, like it's it's coming in. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what I liked about having my own business and and short term rentals. So I'm curious for for you. Initially, it seems like that was kind of the idea for you. Is like I want to have like a small cash flow business. But then it was like, hey, there's actually opportunity here to like really ramp. Like what was the point where it was like, damn, there's opportunity to ramp this up. And then I guess what do you see moving forward for for uh, for Can Monkey?
1: When I got into Cam Monkey, like I said, my business partner had started originally. I was working W2 with Fortune 500 companies like I was a corporate guy all the way in. So when I invested in Cam Monkey, it was really like here's a couple thousand dollars. Let's keep the lights on for a couple more months and I'll do the marketing and sales. You make sure the routes keep going on. But like my main thing is like I'm I'm growing this business over here. So that was like all 2019. I was W2 and, and why even invested in Cam Monkey was in March of 2018. I was on a bachelor and we we're going to Tahoe and the guy next to me on the plane was watching the show Billions and with uh, <laughs> Axelrod. And I was like, what are you watching? He goes, a show, Billionaire, you know, Billions, this billionaire. And I was like, that was the first time I had, you know, heard about it. And I started watching it. And I was like, that's really cool. You can like manipulate these businesses. Cam Monkey was like my first opportunity that I thought could be like a Bobby Axelrod and like manipulate a business that. a little bit. <laughs> but that was like, that. So that was like why I invested am like, oh, I can I can manipulate this. I have sales and marketing. I know clients that I'm dealing with in you real You started
0: school. like playing that music, that playing that, yeah. that uh, theme <laughs> was, song in your head.
1: <laughs> a thousand percent. So that was like the thought process in the beginning. Like, hey, I can manipulate this business a little bit. I, I have clients that I'm already working with on title and escrow. I can sell them this Camel Key business on the side. I don't need the income right now because I'm making income from W2. Like, let's just, you know, it's just a side hustle. And then that was all 2019, 2020. I'm still doing W2 and the world shuts down. It was like May, middle of May and I lost my job and I was like, "Eh, you know, whatever, you know, not whatever, but I was like, okay, screw this. Like I'm gonna go find another job in title and escrow. Then I kind of had like this like moment of like, Cam Monkey was, and I was in this moment of like before I even got like lost my job, the world was shut down. And I was focusing a lot on Cam Monkey because like it was kind of creating some momentum because the world was shut down in all of April, but Airbnbs were picking up still. Like people were still traveling, you know, people were still like doing things on like the low, especially here in Arizona. And that's where we were only in Arizona at the time. So in May, when I lost my job, I was just kind of contemplating like, look, I can go into another title company and put as much effort as I can during this uncertainty of this pandemic and grow another company or I have enough money saved for the rest of the year to see like, you know what, what, what can I do with Cam? I'm going to
0: take, take, I'm going to take a shot here.
1: But I'll take uh, a shot. Worst case scenario, I can, you know, get an extra $2,000 a month from passive income from Monkey. Maybe, like maybe I grow it to like, a thousand clients and six what that was my thought. Like maybe I can get enough money that if I need to get a job in January, 2021, I'm making some money now. And that even was still a thought process, but it wasn't until I went full in, in 2020, when we were like, we can expand into another market, you know, like why can't, if we're doing it here and I'm not doing the routes anymore, why can't we do this in park city? And that was like the first thought process of like, let's try to expand this. With no technology, with nothing, but we're like, hey, let's just try it. And so we reached out to a counterpart that was using us in this market and said, hey, if you guys like us in this market, try us in this market. And they said, okay, here's a hundred properties. So it took us like two years to get to a hundred properties in Arizona. It took us one phone call in a new market, um, and then we're like, okay, we got to scale. And so that's I- and that was 2021, and then just kept you know grinding.
0: And what I what I love about that and about your story. And, you know, I'm thinking about like relating it to my story, but also just the story of like so many people in the actual, you know, the short term rental space is you were like your back was against the wall. You were literally laid off from your job. And initially, you know, you're thinking of this as just additional cash flow. But like once you actually gave it your all, you were able to scale it. Like once you actually just went all in and said, yeah. and, and I, it seems like you didn't even have like the, you didn't even know like what you were capable of, but once you gave something, your all, you're, you know, you woke up and it was like the sole focus of your life. You exceeded expectations. And, um, first of all, just, just bravo for that. You know, I'd say I quit my job and my like day job in May of 2020, I think. And like, if I look back at like my growth of my short-term rentals, it was like, you know, it was going up, it was going up, it was going up, it hit there. And then it just like, it just shot up like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, just once you give something your all. Yeah. And that's like, you're, you're determined. And I'm gonna make something out of this. And, yeah. you know, maybe a little bit of I don't know, for you, maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, screw like that message I got getting fired from yeah. my, my my boss, you know, like, I'm gonna, you know, that left a, a sour taste or, you know, getting salary reduced or whatever it may have been. Yeah. But like, Getting that sour taste in your mouth gave you fuel to create something really meaningful.
1: It sounds like so cliche. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's like it's, it's silly, right? Like gotta go all in and then it works out. But that's literally that's what everyone says. You know, you hear these stories of everyone that's not. And I'm not saying I'm successful, but you hear these stories of everyone that's successful of what they're doing, and you know, it's all around the same story of like back against the wall, you had no other options.
0: Hey, it's it's a real thing. It's a real thing. I think. I think the saying is like, uh, "You." I uh, uh, forget the battle. Actually, my mentor uh, John used this expression, and I love it. And I need to. I need to like get it down path. But essentially, uh, it was there was like a, an army uh, fighting another army, and they had crossed over on ships, and they were really outnumbered and screwed. And uh, the the captain or the the, the general told his infantrymen to fire upon their own ships and burn them. And to burn mm. their own ships, because once their mm. ships were burned, they had no choice. <laughs> they yeah. had to. They had to succeed in the fight.
1: Yeah, that's true. I didn't hear that story, but I've heard the burn the ship you know theory, and, and it's exactly true. You I guess know, yeah, it's, it's like,
0: pro- pro- probably a much more cohesive way of saying that story. But
1: well, I like your story. I, the, what I've heard about the burning the ship is like you know uh, you found this island and you're on the ship and you want to you know it's like burn the ship and swim to the island, and then you have no way to, you can't go back. There's no yeah. yeah you got
0: You got to make it to and land. That,
1: and that's your thought. It's the same thing. You had no plan B. There's no other what ifs. And and that's where like I, I look at the, the the pandemic now is like a blessing. You know, it's like would I would I've ever quit my job before? No, I was comfortable. I was getting W2 money. I was making great money. Like I would never quit if I've never quit, if I have never went full time with Camelope where it's at now. Probably not. I'm just the differentiator. Like I had to make it work. You know, I have have four kids now. I'm married. You know, I did all this during the pandemic. You know, like I had to provide. Um, I had to figure out a way. I also told my business partner I was going to help him out. So like I really had no other choice. So back against the wall is completely true. But I also my mindset. You know, there's nothing in my life that I've done that I've failed at. And that's more of like how you look at things. Um, I've succeeded in everything I've actually wanted to do there's things I haven't done. So maybe I didn't necessarily fail, but it's also how you look at it, right? Like, is it failure? Or is it lesson learned? So if you look at it like that, if you've ever done everything in your life that you've always succeeded, then why not try something else? And that's where I was just like a delusionally optimistic person that it's like, you no, know I'm gonna make this work. And I found a, enough of a, a niche for it in this aspect. And all I needed was enough, a little bit of people to gas me up a little bit to like, you know, to you say, okay, be be
0: to gas you up.
1: That's it. So like once, and once I like, it confirmed my thought process, I'm like, Hey, we're going to expand to another market. And my business partner would be like, we can't expand. And then once someone's like, okay, here we, you can do it. Like, fuck yeah. See, I told you, like, can't hold me back. Let's go. We're on the same team. And you know, the definition of an entrepreneurship is jumping off the cliff and building the plane while you're falling. And my business partner and I, like, I'm that guy jumping off the ship, you know, jumping off the cliff, you know, building the airplane while I'm falling and we're attached. And he's still up there like, whoa, 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 wait. Like, I got to find this bolt. I'm like, fuck the bolt. Like we're going. And so you we'll need, flap, we'll
0: flap our wings.
1: Let's we'll come flap, on. We'll figure it out. So you need both those people. You need the person that's going to dot the I's, cross the T's. And you also need that person that is just going to run through the wall and figure it out later because you can always sit back and be like, well, what if this doesn't work and you can poke holes in all day long and probably be right. But then it's like, but what if it does? And that's where I always come in with the, but what if it does? And I, I will make it right because if it doesn't work the way I wanted it to, I'll pivot and then I'll pivot and then I'll pivot and then something's going to stick. And then, cause I, that's my only option it has to.
0: And I, and I love to just kind of, again, putting that like startup startup hat on is I always hear, you know, if anyone's talking about their company, they're like, Oh, we're the Uber for mail salons, you know, like we're the Uber for jumping off of air. Like it's just, there's an Uber for like everything. Right. And it's always like, Frankly, 99.9% of the time, they never actually create any like gig economy thing that's a two sided marketplace that actually succeeds at anything. You have, like, you actually have created a two sided marketplace. You are literally the Uber for, you know, can the curb uh, and specifically, and, and I actually have a question. Are you? Is the idea to like start with vacation markets? But like, let's say I own a home somewhere and I just want. I'm lazy as crap. Like I don't even want to get off my couch. Yeah. You know, people are just getting. Well, a America is getting older and older, but also people are, frankly, in a way, and we don't. We can talk about this another time. And maybe getting lazier and lazier. So, yeah. so do people who aren't, uh, aren't you know, vacation rental hosts, employ your services?
1: Yes, you know, we are going in through the the age of do it do it for me age, you know? And that's kind of like why- It's cold
0: outside, it's cold outside. It is, and (laughs) that's why we fit
1: in perfectly with this. So like, I I talk about short-term rentals, I go after 100% short-term rentals because we're a bootstrap company and I work harder, not smarter, and it's easy for me to reach after one Jeremy with 25 listings and it is for me to reach out to 25 people and maybe get one, you know? So from that aspect- It's always been like that thought process, but how our portfolio is now, it's, it's 80-20. It's 80% short-term rentals, 20% homeowners. And are, and are home- you seeing
0: that homeowner segment like increase? Are there other companies who do this for the homeowner uh, in the world or?
1: No, I mean, we are the first Canada Curve service provider. So look, our, old, wow. our, biggest, our biggest competitor is Johnny Next Nextdoor. Uh, and there's companies, you know, the, the neighborhood- That's the name
0: that- of a company or it's a guy named John Nextdoor?
1: I was like like the neighbor kid next door.
0: <laughs> I was like I was like that's a sick name for a business, Loki. Oh sure, low key.
1: I, mean, I mean I need to like yeah, I get an LLC for that. Yeah. No no it's, it's, no, the like Johnny next door. It's like it's like the neighbor next door. It's the nice guy next door. It's the he the just takes her can
0: to, out to the curb, for you. For you. Yeah, yeah, which
1: is our biggest competitor, right? Like I can't beat him, but especially if you're paying him ten dollars a week. But then it's like oh you're paying someone 40 dollars a week but you won't pay someone a, a real company 49 that's also giving you photos and what if johnny goes on vacation what if johnny gets sick what if johnny has to go visit his mom um what if, you know johnny goes on you know so there's all these different scenarios that with cam monkey there is no johnny goes on vacation if johnny goes on vacation we have another johnny and so that's our biggest competitor but it's funny that you're saying that because i for, for four years i put my head in the ground about this platform that we built and it wasn't until recently that I realized that I even have a logist- logistical technology company. You it got
0: Amazon, till- man, you've got the Amazon for uh, for I, like I, last
1: mile delivery instead of- I just didn't realize, you know, we didn't realize it, it just wasn't one of those things that we were like saying that about ourselves. It's just something like, no, you know what, here's a service that we provided manually. We realized that, that there's no technology built for us um, and what we needed. So we needed to build our own technology for us. So this was all built for our own needs. And then I was like, whoa, why don't we open this up for our clients? And now it's turning into like, shit, we're a platform. Yeah. Like, well, it think, wasn't think, like, think
0: about it too. I mean, so it makes sense that, you know, it started with, uh, and I always forget the name, the, the the word, but it's like the tip of the needle or something. Like the tip of the needle for you was vacation rentals. But Like once you yeah. get the needle in, yeah. you know, you can, you know, do more. So now just normal so, properties.
1: But, yeah, sorry. So to your point, yeah. So right right now, we go after one hundred percent short term rentals. Twenty percent though is homeowners. But I believe in five ten years, it'll be eighty percent homeowners, twenty wow. percent short term Because in the long grand scheme of things, homeowners there's like eighty two prop eighty two million uh, single family housing in the country. So it's like i have eighty two million properties that we could go technically service. So like we could go service those homes. We don't service apartments or condos. But even the Airbnbs and short-term rentals, I think there's like a, a, a million listings and out of a million listings or like homes for like a home or say 2 million listings, um, I think a million we just say we couldn't do anyways. And out of the other 500,000, um, or out of the other million, say five hundred thousand, we couldn't do. So we say maybe five hundred thousand properties that we think we could really go get in the short term rental space, which is huge, right? That's a big um, tam. Yeah, that's yeah a- it's big. But then again, the long run would be the elderly, the disabled, mm-hmm. the HOAs, the the home builders. The it's like this whole other realm of things. But when you're a bootstrap company and you're you're one sales guy, you're very limited on the teams that you yeah. have. Yeah. Not to just- not
0: to cut you off, but there's like an increasing i'm just my idea i mean i love this this is like this is so interesting to me this conversation uh and also just like you know kind of small bootstrapped businesses um and you know i'm gonna get into later like i'm curious about your whole fundraising situation if you've gone that route or not but like there's so many like designer communities now like america's becoming a renter's nation that's just that's just a fact uh there's a lot of these big Uh, institutions who are creating these like suburbs of rental properties, whereas 50 years ago, they would probably build a suburb of like houses to buy. Now Mm -hmm. they build a suburbs of rentals. So but they want to offer their renters like amenities. That's uh, it's really important to to them to, uh, you know, to attract people. And I'm curious if one of those amenities is just put the trash like next to the front, whatever, just you can just reach your arm out drop the trash and don't worry about it. Someone else is gonna take care of
1: it. It's a touch free, smart free. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're, so we had some conversations on new home build companies where they're gonna present their new- uh, Exactly, yep. That's what I would
0: think, like that 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 would be like something that they could uh, advertise to their-
1: Yeah, and they are, and they add it into the HOA right away, right? So like now you add in your HOA that you never have to touch trash cans and never take it to the curb and back. It sounds like it's futuristic. Um, and so that's what they're providing in these expensive subdivisions, you know, so you buy a home for a million dollars and then now you don't never have to take your trash cans curb and back. Are you kidding me? You have a trash butler. Like that's what yeah. they're selling. It. You'd think that it was a hundred dollars a month, you know, but it's really like a platform that we already have for $49. And so, um, and then now it gets to a point now that a company like that will say, oh, all right, cam okay, monkey, we want to leverage your technology, your, your workforce, everything you have. But instead of $49 a month, we want to, you know, we want you to charge us $25, but we're going to bill our, homeowners uh, 50. So now they're giving us a thousand properties. They're making $25 a property, they're making $25,000 a month. Now they turn it into a profit center and then uh, we get every single property in that neighborhood all condensed and we don't care if they use it or not, because no matter what, we're already getting paid. And that's how they use it in the the valet trash within the the, uh, apartments and condos. So like I said earlier, we copy from all steal for none. And what some people are doing in other industries, like apartments and complexes, you know, with the valet trash, we would do in the single family housing aspect.
0: Yeah, that's, I think that's an incredible, incredible opportunity. So fundraising, have you raised money uh, at this point, maybe to build the app or have you just completely bootstrapped?
1: Yeah. It's been completely bootstrapped. Wow, we, um, for first four, I mean, five years in this business, first four years, I never took a salary, my business partner and I, and a lot of that, all that money went back right into the application. Um, uh, and, and having a monthly recurring revenue business has been great cause you know, you, you get to make some money, um, and get to see how much you're, you're making and you run your P and L, but all the money that we were making went right, went right back into the technology, which we knew that we would need to have if we wanted to scale the business the way we've scaled it. We wouldn't be able to do what we're doing right now onboarding hundreds of properties a week um through excel files and through and you know obviously you had yeah. something with excel, you you had to get to a point where you build out the systems and processes in a way that you can now replicate it in a way where it's getting easier and easier yeah, um
0: and you can see when you when like you said when you're an mrr business you can kind of see what is our churn you know yeah. what can we expect uh, actually i'm curious about so many damn things here i guess what it, yeah what is just quick question like i guess and this would probably be like an overall macro of the short-term rental market as like a whole but like, what have you seen? So churn is like when you lose a customer, which I'm assuming for the most part is probably when they just stop doing Airbnb. But like, what have you seen with churn over the last four years?
1: On the homeowner side, it's like less than a percent. It's, um, we found on the homeowner side, and that's why like back again, like on the long-term rentals, like the long-term side, we want the homeowners because once you go and have someone else take the trash cans for yourself, you never go back and do it yourself. Yeah. Uh, we've had a client- you we get had a, a little complacent. They're comfortable. You get it complacent. I mean, we've had clients, uh, we've had a client pass away and we've had them, you know, obviously cancel service. Um, but besides that, you know, we haven't had any homeowners, you know, it, even the ones that sold their houses, the people who bought the house end up keeping our service because the homeowners told them about our service. So, and then on the other side, on the, on the vacation rental side, it's hard to say what our churn rate really is um, because, To your point, sometimes they cancel and maybe the management company loses it. But what we found is that that property comes back on with another management company that we get the property back on. So like we lost it, but we gained it back Um, or we lost it because the vacation rental company doesn't own or manage it anymore. But then the owner uses our service. But on the vacation rental side, it's a little bit more high, especially this past year when a lot of our properties were in the Phoenix area. Um, We onboarded a lot of properties from the Super Bowl. And a lot of properties that ended off. So, like if you look at our churn rate on that aspect, it's a little bit higher than like um, the homeowner side, but also at the same time, it's like hard to actually justify because there are properties that came back on. And that so happens. So it's a-
0: hard to really so your reactivation, I think that's what that's called, is like when something comes back. Yeah. It's yeah. like too it's like too early to like really tell what the reactivation rate is.
1: Yes, or yes. Or on our if you look at like the churn rate through our stripe platform that we use for our billing um i might have jeremy might have 15 properties on with me and then he then we cancel them and then put them on all in one invoice but then now our churn rate looks like we just lost 15 properties (laughs) we just added it on so from our end we don't really just have that data because we haven't really like we haven't really needed it now if we're looking to raise funds and we're talking to potential VCs and they're going to be like, what is your, what is your, yeah. Right. And so for us, a lot of running a business, very, we've always ran the business like a business and, and we're smart in what we're doing, you know, Um, but there's certain things that like, I don't like my churn rate. I don't know. Right. Like, I guess I could really figure it out and and come down to it, you know, and, and, but at the end of the day, like, it's just not something that, I lose sleep over at night. But again, if I'm talking to a right person, they're not like that answer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I dude, I love, I mean, I love your way of thinking about things because, you know, if you were going to go out and pitch this idea five years ago, maybe, you know, in the last few years, and you would have initially like told some like Silicon Valley, Valley, like venture capitalist and frankly said like, oh, we're taking your trash to the curb. They would have like rolled their eyes and like, whatever, giving you a condescending look just By saying that, but if you would have said, Oh, we are a last mile (laughs) logistics service, you know, and we are starting with that, you know, if you played that like BS game of like just like, or we're the Uber for XYZ, you know, but like you haven't had to care about any of that. You know, you've literally just been purely focused on like, how do we get customers? What do they want? What do they care about? What are the troubles they're facing? How do we get people to service the customers? What do they care about? What are the issues that they're facing? How do we combine the two and make some money? That's 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 what you've been laser focused on instead of playing the whole like VC fundraise like kind of uh you know yeah paint paint the picture.
1: No, and you're and you're right, and I feel like that's like what I'm learning. I I feel like I forget the movie, but it was with the Brandon Frazier where he like um was like in a bomb shelter for like 50 years, and he comes. It was like a Disney movie, like. A long time ago but i feel like that's how i've been i feel like i've been in like in a bomb shelter for 20 years i don't really know what i built i come out of this bomb shelter and everyone's like you know what you built and i'm like what, what are you talking about like dude this is it's, a-
0: it's because you've been building
1: and you I haven't just, been like been thinking again. about
0: yeah you've just been, and I just been like,
1: minding my own business and like i've had people like tell me stuff like what you're saying earlier on where they're like, ha, 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 like, let me know when you get to 500 properties. Ha, ha, ha. Let me know when you get to a thousand. Ha, ha, ha. You'll never get to Like, You'll never scale. You'll. So I've had people like along the way, say things where I'm kind of like, Oh, fuck you. Like, just watch, you know, it's so, like, I had these like chips on my shoulder and I've known like benchmarks of what I've needed to hit. If like, not that I've ever talked to a VC, but like, just what, like certain, like sometimes people come to me and like, they'll reach out throughout the years, like, and they've been VCs and like, Oh, like you need to hit this to be this. I'm like, Cool. I never asked you, but thank you. But, <laughs> like I have some idea of what we needed. Um, I definitely know what we're sitting on now, and, I, and I've talked to some, you know, individuals. They've approached me at different conferences, and we've sat down with them, and I tell them what our numbers are candidly, and I'm transparent. And like, oh wow, when you guys get the five million ARR, you, know, you guys will be this big and uh, cool. Like, and they're really shocked at where we're at now, and like, you know, if I so say you, like, hey, you
0: guys are at five thousand properties currently.
1: Yeah, we just finished the year. Um, yeah, yeah, just going into this year now. So we're trying to finish this year doubling. We're trying to finish this year at ten thousand properties. Nine thousand one hundred and 2024. Yes. What
0: were you start of two thousand twenty three?
1: Twenty three
0: hundred. Twenty three. So you did. You doubled. You doubled. So you're trying to double double.
1: Yeah, we've been doubling almost every year. Yeah, and this and this year of doubling has actually been even better than doubling because this is the year that we essentially went from our old application, which was all like third party apps off the app store, Excel files, Slack applications, and, and converted all of that onto our own application. So this year was really like a, a growth year of inputting our own technology and putting everything in place and still growing, which when I really think about it, like I pinch myself every day because it's like, what the fuck? Like, I, I don't know how we do it with, this, you know, I, I know how we're doing because we're grinding every day. Um, but to really like, I look back on the whole year and say like, this is how we started. This is where we ended. It, you know, it's crazy to me and, and our, we're just getting started. I mean, we're, we're having partnerships now in place that are going to make us even grow even more. I think being conservative, uh, finishing under 10,000 this year, but I'll take it. Um, we have a three-year model plan of where we want to be and if we keep following it. It's gonna look really good you know and so at that point i think we'll definitely look to raise some capital at the same time i'm not looking to raise capital and give up a lot of equity because now there's things about like pre pre pre-revenue companies and whatnot you know it could be pre-revenue and be and get five million dollar you know super high valuation just with like an idea right and then i can actually show actual revenue and numbers and they're like oh wow this is really risky
0: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Well, the thing with the thing is vcs is like they want like massive. They're like, if this isn't sell for $3 billion, then this isn't worth or a minimum like $3 billion. And this isn't worth doing. If you're telling me that this is a business that can grow to like a $100 million business, that's not going to cut it for us.
1: And that's it. That's exactly what we found and what we've heard from other people. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I have the vision in my head. I know where they will see the vision at. I know how many numbers I would need if I would ever want to entertain that. And then again it's like if I want to hit that numbers where I can entertain that it's now I'm bringing enough revenue in every month my, on my own. I, I was asked once by someone and not that I'm either one because do you want to be a rich or do you want to be do you want to be rich or do you want to be a king? And it's like do you want to you know go the VC route and be rich or do you want to be a king and own what you have? And I've, I've thought about that often. Do I want to be rich or do I want to be a king? So I essentially, put on my
0: cr- you're like I'll put on my crown. <laughs> I'm wearing my hat right now. He's wearing his so, monkey hat. His and that's crown. and
1: that's my thing. As long as I can keep doing this with the people that help me do it uh, and help me get to this point, and we feel like we can keep doing what we're doing, because if I would to listened to a lot of people from in the very beginning, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Um, not that I know more than other people. I just haven't really listened to the naysayers. I haven't listened to people and their advice. I, I've had a good feeling and good intuition. I followed it. So, um, it's helped us get to this point, but I also know what helps you get you here doesn't help you get you there. And I've never ran a business with hundreds of employees. I've never, you know, I've never done that before. So there's going to get to a point where I'm going to need to bring on some advisors and people along the way that have seen things that I haven't seen. And, and we've done that. We just brought on Jen Ford, who was the CFO of Turnkey, who got bought out by La Casa and they're, um, you know acquiring them so she's phenomenal she's known really known in the industry that helps us give even more validity to our business and makes us even you know more of a a hot commodity you know it's not just two guys that created a business by accident now it's two guys that created business by accident but now attracting people who yeah you've got
0: you've got the names associated with it which add the instant credibility yeah and i and i guess a question because you probably i can't I'm, i'm while we're talking i'm trying to think of like another just like service, I mean, Amazon comes to your house to deliver packages. Whatever, maybe comes seven days a week if you're that much of a shopaholic. Right. But other than that, I mean, your landscaper maybe comes once a week or once every other week or something. You are probably, you know, you're you're there the most. Your your can runners are there more than anybody else. So yeah. I guess I'm curious, like, what else can they can they do while they're there, uh, or is there something else that they can do that like is unique to them that you know, Amazon isn't doing.
1: I love that you're thinking about this because that's something exactly what we're looking for right now. And we, I, I, I believe, not believe, but when we turn into the logistical technology company, that's where it opened the door for everything that you're saying right now. It's the fact that we're at your property sometimes 16 times a month that we already get asked from our clients, Hey Alex, I know you'll be at the property today to take the cans to the curb. Can you go to the, get that package at my front door and take it in the garage? they already know that we're going to be there. They already trust us. They know that they're going to have basically someone at the property um, and they leverage that. You know, we now need to get to the point where we leverage that too. Where what, a, like, what are the
0: common things that are asked and how can you like put that into your workflow yeah, and have it in a way where the runner can like open their app and like see, yeah, oh, I need to do this. Oh, maybe mail, mail, yeah,
1: mail. Yeah. I don't that's know, it. mail. No, that's- that's it. It's mail. It's um, inspections in the property from the property managers, making sure that the Wi-Fi works, making sure that the lockbox, you know, code works, making sure the, the lights are turned on. It's making sure the propane tanks are filled. It's making sure that the pool is on. It's making sure that they want snow monkey. They want the snow plow, you know, uh, during the winter time. It's all those things, and it's not even just being the Angie's list where. You know, we're like another company. It's the fact that we're actually providing the vendors. And so it's so what we're doing even with the on-demand trash removal. You know, you asked earlier, like, yeah, we have that service for our clients that they need the junk removal gone. And what we're doing is we're outsourcing it to a third-party vendor that's in our network that we've already background checked, that we've already gone through, that we already negotiated the pricing. So if you would call 1-800-JUNK to remove a can, they're going to charge you $200. You would not do it with CanMonkey. We're going to get down within our pricing of like $49 for the first trash. Yeah,
0: and that's actually... Frankly, I'm so happy I know that because I think in Florida when we had issues and my buddy set it up, so actually I've never seen the app because my business partner, I told him, I was like, yeah, we need to use Can Monkey and he's in charge of, he does like dealing with like the payment. So he put the card in and I guess got the app account. So I didn't know you guys did the actual removal as well. So that's for my individual purposes, that's really good to hear. But yeah, that's, I feel like just things that are like easy to do. Yeah. While you're at the house, like, yeah, just make sure that you know maintenance checks like stuff that you can just do in a couple minutes
1: the only thing that we'd need to do a little bit differently is maybe just do a little bit more of different background checks on those individuals those can runners sure. I mean those can runners I, I don't know if that would be the same can runner that's taking the cans to the curb maybe it's someone differently that we're able yeah. to leverage and this is once again we're able to leverage our connection. so I'm going to Jeremy that has two properties. Plus I'm going to Joe that has 15. I'm going to Michelle who has 20. So now I got, you know, 27, 37 properties. And now I'm doing all the same thing. And then now I can make a route out of that. And it's the same thing with like the departure dates. It's, Hey Alex, uh, these 20 properties have departure dates on this day. Can you make sure that, the, that all the properties have trash can removed the next day? You know, so now I go to all those 20 properties and remove all the trash at every single property, just regardless, you know, just so that way the new arriving guests don't see anything. So once again, we're really good instruction takers. We've gotten the workforce, we've gotten the logistics down, we have the application in place and how we see this going down is like a, a platform for all services for vacation rental clients. Um, and not even just vacation rentals, even homeowners as well. Um, to your point, it's like, what else can we do when we're at your property? If you know you're going to be there and you want the packages in the garage because it's raining outside, let's do it for you. Maybe it's an extra $10, you know, or whatever it is. But at least, you know, you trust the Cam Monkey brand. You trust the fact that we're at your property. We're already there. Um, but yeah, you're a million percent on it. And that's what we're looking to do next is, is implement these other platforms onto our services, um, onto our platform, other services onto our platform so we can help our clients with other stuff.
0: Yeah, and I really think not again, not that you asked at all. Uh you did not ask at all. And I know you earlier you're, you're like oh, the VC people who came in and told you, Oh, you've got to hit twenty-five thousand properties in order in order for me to even consider like I need to see your projections right now. What are yeah. you know, why oh, why do you not have, you know, the charts and everything built out perfectly? Right. Uh, so not to be that guy. <laughs> but uh, I just think the the trend that that you really have like in your favor, and this is like a trend that I think about like, how do we, I don't want to say like the word capitalize, but like there's going to be issues that our country faces and our world faces and already a large swath of the world is already facing this issue. Uh, but then how do we provide solutions that remedy, remedy these, these issues and the issue I'm talking about is an aging demographic, like uh, a- aging. Uh, so for example, I-, I heard this stat the other day and it was, it was crazy. Um, but it was like like China, for example, they have 1.4 billion uh, people right now. How many people are they going to have in uh, the year? This is a, a little bit to do with aging, but also to do with the fact that they're not having children. So this is like a huge, like just something we're going to see happen. And in the US, yeah. we're just, but uh, how many people do you think China is going to have in 2100? 1.4 billion today. Yeah. 1.4 billion today. What are they going to have in 2100? 2 billion. 500 million.
1: Whoa. It's going yep. down.
0: It's going down. It's going down. Fast too. A lot. Yep. And it's because it's an aging population. There's a lot Mm. of old people. There's people who are like are working right now, but they're going to be retiring, you know, soon. And and for population to stay the same, each person needs to have 2.1 kids. China did the whole one child policy. So they're well below that 2.1. And like, you know, if you're above 2.1, you're like exponentially going up. If you're below, you're like exponentially going down. So it's only only gets exacerbated. Japan's already having decreased population. The US, we have increasing population largely thanks to uh, immigration, but we're having an aging population. You know, most of the wealth, as well as just most of the population in, in America, is like, you know, 50 to like the, the baby boomers are the are the biggest demographic. Currently they're, you know, they're kind of working, like they're they're reaching retirement. But right. what happens when the baby boomers are all 80? You know, and sure. they've got all the money. They've got all the money and they're all old, you know, like what are the type of services that are needed at that point? You know, something I think about is they're going to be selling their businesses. You know, these people own all the businesses. They own all the services. Who's going to buy them? Like who's going to run these businesses? I know you're watching Secession. Who's going to be the, the one who secedes? But also yeah. who's going to take care of them? You know, they're 80, yeah. 80, 90 years old. Like, and that's where it's I think, true. you know, Can monkey? they're at their house every day. They're yeah. at their house. I don't. I don't know how. I mean, I don't expect them to be caretakers, but like, I don't know. They check in on them, make sure they're they're alive. Like,
1: what? Uh, what do they do? No, you're right, man. I mean, we we just partnered with a company called Home Wash as well that does this for like uh, second homes and property owners and elderly. And no, and you're right. There's a whole whole slew of different services that we can provide. And. Even Instacart reached out to us about a year and a half ago about asking us how we're finding can runners because they knew that we were uh, stealing uh, drivers from them. I'm like, how do you even know who we are? So we're getting something along the lines within our community, which I think that, to your point, Amazon, Grubhub, Uber Eats, all those different gig economy jobs, those drivers don't know what they're driving that day. They don't know how much work they're going to get. They're just hoping. And even on the Amazon, you know, flex routes, you don't know if you're doing the same route. Like I'm not ordering anything from Amazon anytime soon. I did a lot. So they came to my house often, but now they're not, right? So with us, we're staying consistent with that. So I think that's where in our workforce and what we have, I think that other companies will like other gig jobs or companies will come to us and, and use our workforce. So I think our workforce, as much as I'm talking about short-term rentals and and in that industry, I think our other clients, these gig drivers will come in play and helping with these other services, like you're saying, because we have them on staff. Essentially, we don't, but we do, because we know we have the same routes for them. And if they don't want to work it, that's fine, we'll find someone else. But for the most part, they're always scheduling the same route. They're staying consistent, they're staying persistent. And I think that's where these other services will come in, in handy, because they're looking for more jobs. And if they're already you know, coming to a job, they're getting the most income, from, not the most income, but most consistent income from they're gonna want to know what else we have to offer.
0: Yeah. And I, and I love that. Cause again, you, and I again, I love your approach and thinking about how you're servicing them too. And yeah. it's also, yeah. What services can you provide the runners as right. you get, get more and more of them? So yeah, man, I think you're really onto something great. Like, I don't think you've got, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. And like, I just think things are going in your direction. Like there's huge value of the fact that consistently being at houses, every or you know three four times a week yeah. obviously where that you know where that goes or what you know trends and softwares and different life you know world changing events happen that lead to xyz who fucking knows but you don't have to know that today because you haven't raised yeah. any money from anybody so right. <laughs> you're not forced right. to, to do anything
1: no and you're right and this reminds me of, as well i remember um state farm had reached out like three years ago not even two years ago and i don't even know how they heard about us but they had heard that we take photos of properties and they had reached out to see if they could get our photos that we take of the properties. It was like a hailstorm that had happened. And they said, Hey, we understand you take photos of properties and you have a property on this neighborhood. Can you send us all the photos that you have taken of this property from this day on so we can compare the hailstorm that happened on this day with the photos you have from the, day, like the other days. And I was like, what? And like, yeah, we'll, we'll pay you per photo. And that's when i realized that data is the next dollar and that's when i realized that i have all this data all these photos now who would want to pay for this well here's an example of a state farm insurance company that want to compare the damage done from a hail storm on a property that they're uh, insuring and want to make sure that that hail storm was not that that damage was not there the last week but was there this week I don't know if they actually use our photos, never heard anything back from it. Didn't even know if I was supposed to send them the photos, but we sent them the photos and, you know, they looked at, so anyways, that's something where I could go after insurance companies and say, you guys want photos? You want to see, you know, you want photos of the garages? I mean, what if a garage company said, Hey, I want photos of all the garages that you you go to so I can see if I can sell them, you know, new garages, uh, or new garage, whatever it is. So or
0: like, Hey, we want access to your, you know, sales vertical, like. Hey, can you uh, drop off three samples of like products? You there know, you like that's, I'm trying to think while we're talking here, but like, yeah. you can, hey, we're gonna send you like 400 X, Y, Z with like, cause most of the time, you know, you send something in the mail, you know, it's just in a UPS like package. It's not like the gift out with like the, the thing, the freaking note on it, you know, yeah. that's sure. something that you can't, UPS isn't doing that. Amazon isn't doing that. But you can right. do that. You could You're literally. Right. You could. They could send you four hundred, whatever. You get your centralized place. You take them all out. You, whatever. Or maybe whatever. However it happens, you you can drop things off right there, and they have the note on that.
1: You're right. And, <laughs> and the, cool thing from, the cool thing from our dashboard is I can see all the routes that we're running and all the properties that are like in the market. Like you look at a Google, you know, map, I basically have every single property that's on subscription. So I can even say like to a company, Hey, which property, what area would you like me to drop these off at? Here's all the properties that I will be at. And here's the routes. Um, look, the op- opportunities are limitless. And that's where like, if I really think about, I, I, I being in the real estate industry background, there's a couple of things that stayed with me in growing Cam Monkey. And one of the main things that I stuck I, I stuck true to was Gary Keller's book, The One The One Thing. And the one thing for me was Cam Monkey. And it was so easy, especially in the beginning when you're selling a product for thirty-five, forty dollars, making no profit margins at it. It's a strictly volume based. Charity. It, <laughs> Yeah. You're, you're basically getting to a point like, okay, what else do I need? Like, You've got to do something else, bring all the revenue in. And it's so easy for me to get say like, no, know what? It wasn't cam monkey, but I'm going to start doing pool monkey now because I'm making more money in pool monkey. Like it was so easy yeah. for, to dump shit.
0: Oh, well, you stayed it, focused on it. I stayed, stayed focused
1: on it and that's where now it's like going through it. So like we stayed focused on this one thing it built out and now it feeds all the other services that we would want to add into because cam monkey is the one thing that's different than any other services. But like, can I do K-Monkey in any market right now? Yeah, because there's no one else really doing it.
0: Can Honestly, do- at, at first I thought, just to be completely honest, I thought that there was someone who was doing something similar just for all houses. And like, you were like, I'm just gonna focus on, I'm gonna do what their model is, but focus on short-term rentals. And what I have learned through this podcast is that was not
1: the case at all. Yeah, is- no one was doing this for the homes. And that's our biggest issue, our biggest issue. And that's why I don't go after the homeowners right away. Because the biggest issue is that people don't know that's, that this service exists and that when they do hear about it initially, if they're a homeowner, it's like a, a negative connotation. It's a, I don't need to pay you to take my cans to curb. I could do that myself. Like, why would I do that? And then it's like one of those drips, you know, then it's like, wait. That actually sounds nice. Wait, (laughs) I actually forget my trash every week. Wait, I actually would love that. Wait, I'm actually going vacation. Wait, no, I need that. So with this, the homeowners, a little bit longer of a sales process. When I talked to a vacation rental client, it's, instantly it's like where have you been all my life yeah that's, that was what for me you. i saw
0: i saw that tweet and i was like yes holy shit like yeah sign up what's the price i don't care i don't care
1: and that's what it is for the home so that's what i'm saying like, that's why vacation rentals that's our foot in the door and now that i have a route that's in that market now if a homeowner wants to take a, a trip. Or on one property, I'd gladly add you on a property on a route that I already have operational. And now it makes it a little bit more condensed. Now you know, now I add you right in. I already know I can service it. Boom! Now the can has an extra stop. Now it's a little, a little bit better of a route. And then now I go get more people. So that's where, like, if I if I raise capital, and what I would do with that would be to make my routes I have right now more condensed by reaching out to the neighbors, uh, marketing to them. And really, if I look at my whole CAC, my whole cost of you know acquisition of client, it's very low. It's me as a sales guy. It's me going to conferences. It's us you know spending money on conferences. But really, that's all it is. Um, yeah. I'm not spending money on marketing outside of Facebook ads, barely. But that would be the next thing. Is that like going on like a, a TV ad, billboard ad, radio ad, something along those lines? I, mean, I think.
0: I think honestly, I think two things. And again, not that you've asked because you haven't. Uh, <laughs> two things, Facebook ads targeting yep. age demographics of, I don't know, whatever, 65 and over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so targeted Facebook ads, second, inside sales to these like designer communities Yep, where they can offer that as an amenity. At least you would see what happens. I mean, at Facebook ads, you don't have to hire someone to do, you can, yeah. but inside sales would, you know, probably want to train someone, go through yeah. the process get them on your LinkedIn or whatever. Cause I know you've been building your LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn yeah. juice. So getting them to go through your account and reach out to the right people for that.
1: I would love it inside sales. I mean, even the people who are interested in the service and they, you know, see the Facebook ads, they still want to talk to someone sometimes. Cause once again, it's like, so wait, what are you guys doing? You guys come to my house when like, are you guys coming to my garage? You know, like they still don't understand the concept, you know? Yeah. So you still kind of need someone at, at one point. It, we do actually, if you, I don't know the numbers, but we do have a lot of people that just sign on that we never talked to. And I love it. I love the fact that, <laughs> you, not that I, I want to talk to them, but I just love the fact that they can like log in. It's a true platform. They log in, the property goes right onto a route. They don't ever have to ask a question. They go right, it goes seamlessly. I love it. I love talking to people too, because I love, you know, how they hear about us, because we are a mm-hmm. startup. I love how do you, oh, the Facebook ad work? Fuck yeah. Like, you know, like I love learning that stuff. And, want, and
0: one thing you could do with a Facebook ad too that's like, very, just based off your situation, geographically, you know, yeah. you're in certain zip codes, so you can just yeah. hammer those at 65 year olds in this zip code. So have you, have
1: you ran uh, Facebook ads yet? So we do Google ads and Facebook ads Got and that's, mm-hmm. so we do, I'm spending maybe like a hundred to $300 a month. You know, like I'm not, oh, okay. oh I'm not doing anything. We've never done anything big. I mean, at one point it was, I didn't want to be too big. Cause my, I told you my head was in the ground. Yeah. I didn't want to be too big because, like, I didn't want to sure. fuck up. I didn't want to say that I was do deer. Can't take your can in the curb, and then we, you know, shit the bed. And then you're like, dude, this sucks. Like, to think about this. I have one first impression, but I'm also at your property 16 times a month. That's 200 times a year. Like, I'm I'm dealing with humans we're not perfect. I might be 99%, 96% accurate, but there's going to be an issue every once in a while. It's just inevitable whether it's my fault or our fault or whether we didn't do anything wrong but you think we did something wrong or whether a, a client, you know, a guest took the wrong can, whatever it is. Like there's things that go wrong. And I was not like paralyzed by that, but there was a point like I didn't want to be perfect, but it's like look, I can't go out there and sell this if we're not providing the service that we're actually giving.
0: Totally. You didn't you didn't want to grow too quick. Right. And uh, again, this is another situation where if you were a VC-backed company, they would have said, "Figure out how to provide that." Like, what? You turned down a customer? Like, oh you're my right. goodness! Like,
1: you're they right. They would
0: have sent you that long email. <laughs> they would have sent you a terrible email.
1: No, and it, it's like, God. and you're 100% right. It's like when you talk to these companies, they're like, "Why do you turn down these companies?" They're like, well, I'm I'm trying to show profit. And it's like what? Like, you know, like, uh, I'm trying to run a business like a business. You and know, like, a hockey stick? I don't see. Yeah, a stick. and that's what thinking. they. And it's like, look, I could get that if you guys want that. But then I got to take on everything. I got to lower my prices. They're like, yeah, yeah, do it. I'm like, no, I'm running a business. <laughs> like, you know, and then it's like, I do that. And it's like, oh, why don't you guys sell your prices higher? And it's like, you can never win. And so that's why at the end of the day, I'm just trying to run a good business, a solid business, sustainable business, profitable business, a scalable business, and a business that, you know, people can, you know, that need. Not just now, but for time to come. And trash is something that never sleeps, even on holidays. Maybe it changes the day, but it's always going. And it's just uh, one of those, we we found a niche and we're exploring. Recession-proof.
0: Trash is recession-proof.
1: And it was. I mean, it was during, even during the the pandemic. I mean, we scaled during the pandemic. So now let's know it's even, you know, pandemic-proof. You know, it's like, it's one of those things where like, it, as long as people are renting the properties out and, and people are traveling and Airbnbs. And as long as that's the thing, and as long as people have second homes and as long as people are going to their second homes and, and have trash and, and people are, you know, have a, a you know, want an easier life. Like it's, we're going to keep being, you know, being here. And I think if anything, we're just getting started. Well, easier
0: life, easier life. That's what I think life. is the, the trend. I'm curious because like you put mail in the mailbox, do people then want that mail like brought right next to their door Like where instead of in their mailbox, it's literally they can open the front door and the mail is there. Has that like ever been anything you've seen?
1: Yeah, no, they want us to. Yeah, because you got to think about some of these people don't live there, right? So they want us to pick their mail and put it in the garage. They want us, you know, we have the garage code. People will, uh, some of these Airbnbs have lockbox codes on them so they can, you know, change the password whenever they want. They're all like, you know, smart houses. So we have people tell us all the time, call us when you're there and we'll open the door for you. And it's like, uh, it's like a little, yeah. What if you don't pick up or yeah, not-
0: waiting around for 10 minutes? Yeah. Like we yeah. don't like, you want, you to- want the checklist. They can go on their app and when they show up, they see bang, 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 bang. These are like what I need to do.
1: Yes. And I want to make sure it's like my good guy, Jeremy on it, you know, and not like yeah. the one that's kind of skeptical that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So like, I want to make sure that I have the right person doing it and making sure. And, and that's the thing like we have that. I just want to make sure that I have, you know, I got I to gotta know all the information of, of, in advance to make sure we can do yeah. it. So, and
0: that you stay away from like certain liabilities is probably. A
1: million percent. And that's why yeah. we've been able to kind of like not be under the radar, but like what we do is just handle the cans. We take the cans to yeah. them back. Like we did our insurance policies. or so, like, we can't have you guys go in the tra- in the backyard like why people do it and landscapers do it like, Oh, I guess you're right. It's so like the, everything we've done has been built specifically for us because there's no other company doing what we're doing. So like everything has been custom built for our business.
0: No, I love it, man. I'm all, I'm all about it. Um, yeah. I would love to, I mean, I know we're, we're, we're still, this is actually probably the longest podcast I've <laughs> ever had. I'm going to be completely honest. This is probably by 25 minutes, the longest episode that I've I ever it. done. But I guess for folk here are still still with us, which one thing I like to ask is like, what is your your pro tip, whether it be short term rentals or business short term rental rental parallel business? What is your pro tip?
1: What we alluded to earlier about, you know, it being cliche is just do it. Uh, whatever you're looking to do in your real estate business, if you're, you're not sure if you should pivot, if you're not sure you know you should implement this new um, th- this new tool, if you're not sure that you know B and B Calc is going to work for you, whatever it is, just do it. You know you'd never be mad if trying something out and checking it off your list of something it, it would work or not. Uh, in our business, you know, going after short term rentals was a big fight between my business partner and I. And if we didn't just do it, we would never have known our whole camokey wouldn't be here. Um, you know, he was after homeowners, I was after everything, like, everything we've done in our business has been a fight in some aspect, not a fight, but like <laughs> I had to sell my point to him. He had to sell his point point. and yang, the yin and yang. You have to have that. So for me, it's like, I've never taken what people told me for what it is. I've always tried to make sure that I tried it. And if someone says I can't do it, that I want to do it, you know, so just do it, whatever it is. And it's ambiguous, but that's just my best pro tip to, to anything is if you ever an inclination about doing something, just do it.
0: I love that, and also, so how can folk find you and follow your journey?
1: LinkedIn would be my best thing. Um, I love LinkedIn. I, I um, last year I, I I posted every day, and it's something that I have now I like found that like I have like my journey on there. Um, I don't post like something business every day, but something on there is every day about something along. Cam Monkey entrepreneurship journey, startup, um, also on Instagram, Facebook, but for business aspects, uh, LinkedIn, go to cammonkey.com, check out our, our website, see how we can help you see if we're in your market and, and we lo- love an opportunity to learn about anyone's business. And if I can't help, maybe I have you know input of someone, what someone else has done in the market that what they've done, like I said, I don't recreate the wheel. And in any market, even in a market I'm not in, I can tell you what other people have done that's worked for them to maybe help um, mitigate some issues that uh, someone has. I'd be open to helping out.
0: And guys, Alex's content on LinkedIn is is gold. I knew of Can Monkey, but I didn't know of Alex. And then I, you know, saw someone liked his post, and I've been following him. And uh, I actually saw I've been trying to be consistent. I wasn't one post a day on LinkedIn, but I was like, I've got to just start posting on LinkedIn. And then I think I saw your post saying, you know, showing how you know, kind of like your exponential growth on LinkedIn yeah. uh, over the year. And I was like, holy crap. And uh, now I'm I haven't committed to every day of the week, but or every day, but I've committed like Monday, Friday, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to post post something Monday, Friday. And I think that was thanks to seeing your post and, and uh, being like, um, oh, that sounds like a good idea.
1: <laughs> you know, and I think, and how I, I kind of preface this before is that our biggest issues is that people didn't know that we exist. And like I said, I had put my head down in the ground for so long that after I kind of realized, not I kind of realized, but once I was like, "No, know what, maybe I have something. Why am I keeping this? You know, why am I hiding this? Like, why well, I, I need to start sharing this. I'm just going to put it out there. And if anything, it, held, it holds me accountable. It holds my team accountable. Um, it, you know, if we you said we're going to do something, we're doing it. If we're in a new market, we're in a market. You know, like, so, like, you can't really hide from that. And I, I like that aspect of being transparent and and holding us all accountable. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've done something now where I post, you know, on Monday, but you can uh, schedule it for later. So I now, so, that. <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> so I used to have to post every day, and then I was like, you no, know what? Or I can just take thirty minutes and post for the whole week on <laughs> one day. So uh, you just have to have some uh, snapshots of ideas that you want, some thought process of what you want to post. And you just schedule out for each day at a certain time and then you just forget about it. And then each day when it, that time hits, it just promotes. So that's a little cheat code for you. It took me like eight months to figure that out. <laughs> hey, that's,
0: um, that's, that's why at, we're here. I want this. We, people are listening. We want cheat codes.
1: It, it saved me. It saved me a lot of time toward the end because I still wanted to post. Sometimes <clears> I forgot <throat> to post until like the night of, um, and I would have a lot of con, you know, a lot of ideas. And I would just, cause once you're in that thought process, but Oh, this would be good. Well, oh, and then I'd have five things. It's Monday through Friday, done.
0: Beautiful. Well, that is a tangible pro tip as well. So yeah. Alex, man, this has been a fun ride here. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. And you know, uh, for everybody listening, stay tuned to the next episode of the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, leave us a five-star rating. Like, comment, and share this with someone you know
1: that wants to invest in short-term rentals.